Hi everyone and welcome to episode 229 at Mighty White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John by KC. Oh. And once again, we've got Commie. How are you doing, mate? Uh, Paul, you all right? Yeah, everyone's good. Uh, I suppose the main question coming out of that game against Ipswich is, is HMS picks for league finally leaving Paul? Damn right it is. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right it is. Um, yeah, we... We did talk a lot on the last podcast about Joel Perot because it sounded like it was going to happen. But because we didn't record it until like, what, seven o'clock on Thursday, we said, well, it ain't going to get done in time for this weekend, so we don't need to worry about it. Anyway, about 90 minutes later, it got announced that Leeds signed Joel Perot. Uh, how, many about time, how many times has this happened over years when I were on before and that where we've, we've been talking about things? But it's speculation at the minute and then literally we come off air. Done. Yeah, it does happen a fair bit. Um, I know that like the square hole had to re-record a load of stuff with Phil here just because it was all out of date. We yeah. luckily weren't as far out <laughs> with us. Um, but yeah, uh sounds like from Phil it was ten and a half million is the like upfront fee and it rises to about sixteen depending on add-ons and stuff. Uh we but we all agreed good signing and we should do it beforehand. There's nothing from the Ipswich game that's gonna have changed any of his minds for that. <laughs> So, but I was surprised that he got thrown straight in so quick. But when you looked at the front four going into the game at Ipswich, Perot's suddenly thrown in up top, and suddenly you've got Sinistera back on one wing, you've got Nanto on the other, and that front four suddenly looks like something that a league winning side could have. Yeah, definitely. I was saying to you, wasn't I, a little bit earlier? Um, you look at that front four, it, it could do a job in Premier League Cup. That for me, you, it's packed of internationals and you know, under you know, mainly, um, you know, players that have been sniffed around by Premier League clubs all summer and you know, possibly might still, but but um, it would be as well for me, just looks completely transformed. I mean. Where you took that, where you took that equaliser, that wouldn't have happened that last year. He just didn't have the confidence in him to do it. But that will, that will class from Rutter. I think he's, I think he's been sound me all season. To be honest, nice yeah. yeah, I think, I think with Rutter, there was the, I think it was the big complaint during the West Brom game that he didn't really seem to be putting himself about. And I think there was, I think people were starting to get worried that he might be a little bit lightweight. So it was really nice to see him when he's going through for that goal that he's just sort of shrugging people off left and right um, and going through them and, and looking that bit more physical. And I think and I think I think it's done a lot of good for the fans to to see that side from him because um, obviously it will come back time and again that that he has no control over the fee, but there is always going to be that pressure there now, especially with how long it's. You know, we were talking in the car with with Alex Pedersen earlier today, saying that he said, you know, it's taken eight months for that goal to come. And I went, yeah, but how many actual minutes has he played for that goal to come? Is is you know significantly smaller. Yeah. Um, so you, you just hope now that that's the the sort of spark for him to to give him that lift and and we can keep that going. But you look at the players that are going to be around him going forward in in Nanto. Sinistera and and Piro, and you just think that's the 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 attacking talent there is is ridiculous for this level. Yeah, we'll um 
we'll we'll double back to it being a bit more chronological. But that ten minutes from sort of the tenth minute to the twentieth, you really were looking at that and seeing what was possible if we do this right. The entire front four all being heavily involved, all players with a lot of quality, and yeah, Rutter's goal. I was shocked with how how good it was. It was one of the, one of them where you I thought, oh, he might come good, he might come good, but it's been more f- just blind faith than some I've seen because it's not like I watched all all of his minutes at Hoffenheim or anything. That was the sort of goal that you see someone score that and go, oh no, there's there is not just a player in there, there's a really good player in there. I think for me it were. It would have rolled that first tackle when he got the ball, but when he like dragged it across his body and he just wiped out two or three of their players just in an instant, they were gone. And the composure to put it away into that bottom corner again for someone who's who has had pressure on him, let's be honest, like you said earlier, be it be it unjust or not because of his price tag, and that fact is it's there and there was that pressure surrounding it and longer it went on without him getting a goal it was just getting more and more on it but um like you said it, when he's getting bit part roles in a in a relegation battle um last season in what wasn't a great team let's be honest um it, it's always going to be a tough one for him but um yeah hopefully it's a thing it's a sign of what he can do things to come all being well yeah well that goal was at one 0 down. Joe Roden on goal. Um, he had to go. For, he had to put some on it. That's just a bit unlucky. The only thing is whether or not they were offside on the running behind Erling. The TV camera angles aren't any good. You can't really tell. So I've no idea. No. <laughs> it's one of them. In, I mean, we your Leeds glasses on. Yeah. You, you, you give call, don't you? But yeah, it, it is what it is. Like I say, Roden's got to try and get some on it and. For, you know, we're going to see that happen across the board, aren't we? However many yeah. times this year, but I think other than that, it was it was solid again for me. Really yeah. impressive. There is a a bit that was again. We'll come to it later. The uh, obviously then Leeds go two one up at what like three four minutes later. Yeah. Um, Leeds keeping it well, play the ball around for a while. They just try to find room. Eventually, it's Sam Byron that ends up with the room. Good cross into back post, bouncing up, and Nonto gets in ahead of his man and ahead of the keeper to like poke it home. Um, I mean, it's weird with Nonto because you know you you still know what he did, so you still there's still a bit you're going fucking prick. But what what is the best thing for Leeds? Him playing, him scoring goals, playing well, and he this was as good a start as you could have. I, th- I, think the, I think the good thing to see was um, everyone running over to celebrate with him as well. Um, yeah, Ailing especially was giving a- it like... A- Ailing was, was pointing at him going, look, look what he did. Look at what, <laughs> look at what that boy did. Um, you know, which, which was good to see because you, you don't really want a, a Van Hoydonk situation because that doesn't actually do anyone any good. Um I mean, a fair play to him for the goal as well. I know it's it's two yards out, but he throws himself into it to to win that one because it's it's bouncing right at the far post, and he and he just chucks himself at it. Um, so you get you know you you see a, a a certain level of 
commitment there as well out of him, which is which is quite nice. Um, and and I think now at this point you just say right, let's just keep this up. You know, if you keep this up, we can, I think we can all kind of move on. Yeah, it's um, it's one of them, and I think it were I think it's these couple of games away from home that are uh, coming up. It were an ideal scenario for Fark to put him back in where it's not going to be as much of an op-bed for him to come back into the starting lineup. Um, to be fair, um, I was watching game and uh, if there were any boos, it were very muted. There weren't, you know, large pockets of fans doing it. If there were, it weren't coming through, you know, onto the broadcast. So. You know. I have heard pe- people who were at the game saying similar. We got some stick, but not. Yeah. It seemed like Farker's words kind of got through. So yeah, as you would have expected. Yeah, I think that's it. And I, I, like I said, with it with it being an away game, obviously there's far less. I want. I think there were two thousand or something. Want the um, yeah. fans there. Um, so obviously it's going to be scaled down quite a lot. You know, compared to chucking him back in. If that fixtures at Ellen Jord, but um, yeah, um, it did well. Got an end of it, like I say, he says it showed a bit of commitment and everything, which is obviously a good sign. But um, I think the ball in from Byram and all needs more credit than what it was. Absolute right ball in from him. Um, I don't know if Oates come out and see not about his injury, Byram. Um, hopefully, it's no major because, um, yeah, um, again, up until him going off, they were, they were sound again. Yeah, it was a really good ball in, and then it was what another, another five minutes. Yeah, um, Leeds come out and back. Archie Gray pings a belting crossfield ball at Sinistera. Sinistera does probably the thing that he's absolutely best at: just gets one on one with someone, beats them, hits a shot. To be honest, it's not a very good shot. Keeper should catch it, doesn't spills it. But because we have an actual striker in the team, <laughs> he is in the middle of the goal, waiting for something like that, and has a tap in 19 minutes into his debut. Um, absolutely perfect start for Pirel. Just uh, this is a uh, apropos of absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, Pirel given the the number seven shirt. I, you know, not massively keen on it for a striker, but I'll, I'll live with it. Um, so obviously. One game, one goal, and we go down the list to last season, and it was uh, Brendan Aronson, uh, forty games, one goal. So, so what I'm saying is, um, Joel Perot is miles better than Brendan Aronson, who, who coincidentally got sent off at weekend apparently after what I believe less than twenty five minutes, 20, twenty one minutes, I, two yellow cards. Yeah, I believe that they were losing that game, and then he got sent off, and then they went on to win. But the thing is, that's actually bad for Leeds. We could do with Aronson being some good. Either to come back and be good if we went up, but more importantly, so we could get some money for him. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. I mean, it's a catch-22. You, you want him to fail miserably in party, but then you think, like you've just said, yeah, there's cash to be had here, though. It's, yeah, not... <laughs> it's bad for us if he's bad. Um, Again, co- completely unrelated note, but uh, Alex was going through the uh, the Loney's weekend performances and uh, Christensen and Urente both got hooked at half-time and Max Verber got sent off as well. So, um, so it, well, it, do- well done, out. Warriors. I was say, in summary, sterling work, boys. <laughs> yeah. um, 
after Leeds got to 3-1, Ipswich then did have sort of plenty of the game, but it wasn't like properly back to the wall. Though. It just calmed down a little bit. Uh, obviously, Byron went off. In, the main thing in that was Byron went off. Cody Drama came on at left back. Mm. And like I've said before, I think Cody Drama's a good player and I still stand by that. But he had a bad 25 minutes. You know um, the thing that... You know, it isn't just the goal that everyone talks about. Like the first thing he did was give the ball away and leading to a big chance. He just never at any even the one bit that he did well where he like flicked it over someone's head and got away. He didn't look comfortable doing it. It just looked like he had no confidence. Um I sort of to me, I mean, I know obviously you take different things away from it, but for me, when he when he did mess up, he just didn't seem asked to try and make amends. I mean, that pass back for their goal. Um, you saw other people come in, and obviously, Meslier, you can see him pointing back to the middle, you know, to say, look, someone try and get in there. And to be fair to him, he's not a million miles away from shot his Meslier when it comes back. Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, I think it goes under him. But when I've seen the highlights back and you see it like reverse angle, you don't see Cody Drama come back into that picture until the ball's long beating back at that and they're off celebrating. Now, for me, if you're getting an opportunity in that team, which, to be fair to him, is earned over the last two seasons and loan spells he's had in Championship, but he just seemed to be not interested for me at all. Yeah, I With the links we have to various fullbacks, I wonder if that might be him and he's off. Yeah. Uh, but the the one thing I will say is, as bad of a it's an awful first touch, lets it run under his foot, and he just plays the back pass blind, which he should never do. How there is, he isn't the only one to blame though, because Joe Roden is eighty percent favourite to get to that ball, yeah. and he stops and tries to shield and doesn't move. Yeah. Now, whether the, the only thing I can assume is that Melier shouted for it. From what I saw, both. When I was watching game and in highlights, it was very vocal when he was coming out yeah, at first. Yeah. And you could, like I say, you could see him pointing back towards the middle. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, yeah, it's it's one one idea of it, isn't it? Yeah, like obviously, the, the main bit of like real poor play is the drama thing and playing the blind back pass. But I just what I it is weird because, like, if you're a center out, if there is even one percent doubt that Melier is going to get there. Roden can just get to that ball and just smash it at a player. I mean, because and let's especially... face it as well, Ilan Meslier always commands his area. Yeah. And the other thing is, this isn't even... And this is relevant. I know that they don't like just booting the ball out, but it's what, the sixth minute of stoppage time? Yeah. Like, it's right at the end of the half. And we did that a lot last season. Conceded goals at really bad times. Like, right on the stroke of half time and stuff like that. And... Obviously, in this game, it hasn't cost us, but it is something we need to keep an eye on because it was a bad thing to do. But um, something that I like in managers, drama off for Shackleton at half-time. Didn't mess about, hooked him. And as much as it's never... You don't want to see a player off something like that, but I do like a manager that's assertive with things like that. Yeah. Um, and not only that, when Shackleton came on, it wasn't bad players. After he came on for me, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, James Shackle. Um, I've said it before. I, I think this league's his level. 
Mm. Um, it's comfortable in here. Um, but yeah, for him to come on like that, and uh, I mean, he can play various positions, obviously, we all know that, but um, for him to come in like he did there and um, play like he did, it, for, he didn't put a foot wrong. For me, he came off like we were absolutely class again. Yeah, and obviously plays a, a really big part in the uh, in the goal as well. Um, I don't, don't, just before we go in, into that, I, I did think it was a couple of times when Ampadu took a few took a few whacks through that game because that one he gets absolutely clattered into um, before Shackleton picks it up and starts sprinting off into the distance. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there's a couple of times he seems to go into challenges with to get someone with arms raised. Um, well, there's nothing doing with those. Um, but yeah, Shackleton. Uh, you know, I think he's at his best when he's when he's industrious and he and he's really involved in the game. Uh, you know, we saw that against West Brom. Um, you know, I think the 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 only thing you, you'd probably level at him that. Uh, Playing at fullback is he probably doesn't have the height that you'd want there, but you know he he can easily get up and down. Um, you know I, th- I think he's he's got the passing ability for it. Um, and you know you saw there is his willingness to get up the field, and then his his pass into Sinistera was was perfect. Yeah, will back Texas into that fourth goal. Uh, it's Ampadu jumping with Morsi. The uh. Like Kim McKenna was going a bit mental, saying that it was a foul, but I really don't think it was. They just like collided with each other and both went down. I don't know in that. But Shackleton, it's a loose ball. He gets there first, and that's one of the things that you like to see. There was no, it wasn't a negative thought. He immediately saw, oh, there's 25 yards of space, and just sat off on him. And that's what you want to see from players in that kind of situation because it catches them in a transition and they're constantly on the back foot from there. Takes it forward, plays a really good through ball in behind Brandon Williams, who's just come on. Uh, Sinistera just beats him very easily, finishes well. And um, one guy on Twitter made quite a lot of money because he got carried away when he saw our front four and backed them all to score. And then they did. <laughs> <laughs> so he was really happy. Um, it's, a re- it's a really good goal. And again, in the predictions, we didn't all necessarily have him for top score or things like that, but every single one of us had. Sinistera has a good season if he stays. And he does, at this level, just look a cut above. Yeah. It, it reminds me a bit, and I'm not saying it's going to have the same effects as him, but hopefully. It reminds you a bit of adults adapt. At QPR, when they were in championship, whenever he played, you just looked and thought, yeah, when, when, just, when, he, when he decides he wants to do something, he'll do it. Yeah, it just makes it look easy. Yeah. Yeah. But it was uh, a... I was to got... why are you in the championship? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, once we got to 4-2, they, again, they did come at us, because that is one thing that I think is about to say. Ipswich played pretty well, I thought. I don't think that they... I still think they look a good side out of this. Yeah. Um, they forced a couple of saves... Um, they did get a goal in like the 97th minute, which is a bit annoying, but in the end, it didn't matter too much. Uh, Connor Chaplin, decent strike across the keeper. It looked like it took a little flick off Rodon that took it right into the corner. That's just unlucky. Can't do much about that. Like Melier is on one of them runs again where he's conceding loads of goals, but unlike the back end of last season, 
they haven't been his fault, really. No. So, so it, mean, doesn't worry, it doesn't worry me conceding goals in terms of the goalkeeper. It worries me the defence as a whole. But judging yeah. by some links, this defence might change a bit in the next few days. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of them, isn't it? it you, you go through all three goals again really quickly of Ipswich's first one's an own goal. Rodon's got to try and get someone on it. Can't blame Ezra for that. Second one is not a million miles away from it. Poor that pass and just poor defending. I might say with third if it does set a flick off him again. But uh, like say, unlike this year, unlike last year, sorry though, you know, we seem to have a strike force again. It's not yeah. much. There is, there is something in my head that worries me about conceding 45 plus 7 and 90 plus 7. That concentration <laughs> that concentration thing, that probably needs a bit of work. Um, but yeah, having... I mean, that's what Kevin McKenna said after the game. It was like, he was saying, oh, you know, he talked him up a bit more because he would do in that situation. But the main thing he said was, they had better players. And we got well, punished yeah. by that. And I think that's fair. We did have better players on the pitch. We had players that cost a lot of money that Ipswich don't have. And in this game, they played like they were players that cost a lot of money. Yeah. It, it's amazing what two players returning and one signing did to that team. Because all of a sudden, you know, you had two, uh, two international quality players playing out wide. And you had someone who scored... What nearly forty goals in or about forty goals in two seasons in the championship up front as well, um, and all of a sudden you kind of looked across that team and just thought, well, you know, I know Byram's out of position and we and we kind of had to have a bit of a reshuffle there, but we we looked something like an actual football team, mm. um, and then you looked down the bench and thought. You know, we're down one. We've only got one goalkeeper on the bench. Happy days. Um, Somerville's back on the bench, but not fully fit. And then, then you've got the likes of Greenwood in there. You've got Gelhart there, Cresswell. Um, and, and on top of that, you've you've still got, uh, you know, Dan James come back from injury. Bamford's come back from injury. And if, if you have... You know, just just talking about the front four. If you've got that front four playing, and then you've got James Somerville and Bamford to, to kind of and Gelhart to back those four up, that's that's depth that we've sorely lacked. You know, there it, and it's it's but really yeah, it's it's really nice to to have that there. Um, we just need to to make sure by the end of the window we kind of plug the gaps at centre mid and at left back. You know, the, the, you, I heard people talking after the game on on Radio Leeds about talking about getting five, six, seven players, and you're like, "That it it'd be great." But you know, you're looking at a squad that's had a lot of turnover. Let's let's focus on the core that we've got now, and if we need to add one or two to it, then yes, let's do it. But um, if you told me now that we were only going to get a left back in, I'd, I'd probably be okay with that because. I know it's probably putting a, a bit more pressure on Archie Gray than you'd like, but I, I trust him and uh, you know him and Ampadu in the middle at the moment. I, I would be happy enough with Greenwood and JB coming in. Uh, you know, for, you've got for a game and Shackleton after that as well. Yeah, Shackleton. You know, the the options are there. Um, 
and you know, obviously the, the, the unfortunate thing was was Byron going down injured, and that's going to be the question this season as to, to how many games you can get out of Byron. Um, and, and, and obviously one day Junior Furpo will return and he will make a fine addition to the bench. <laughs> Don, there's, there's very few things that I'd find more fun than if Junior Furpo just in the Championship decided to be Real Betis Junior Furpo. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be so nice to have a left back. But um, no, it's a massive result, that, because I don't think there's going to be many teams win away at Ipswich. No. And if we believe, even half believe, the various journalists out there, we are going to have a busy end to this transfer window. I'm with KC in that um, I, I would like to see another midfielder come in. This is providing that obviously no one else goes now. But if, if we're saying that, I would like to see another midfielder come in. Um, and then, like KT says, look at the left back thing. If, if we can get two, three would be brilliant. But if we could get a midfielder and a left back for me, I'd be happy with that. I mean, it's we have got the people there. It's just. Like we said, it's a long season and it's grueling as well. So it would be nice to have some sort of depth that you know we haven't had since like since Bielsa. Well, well before Bielsa, because no, I would argue Bielsa, Bielsa, Bielsa didn't have depth. He just no. was such a good coach, but he didn't. Have <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what, that's it. I mean, but, yeah, when Bielsa came in, you just kind of so what we're talking there now. We've got, Five years probably now. We just haven't had a big squad. <laughs> so we'll. I'll, I'll go for. There is still talk about that Jonathan Pantsel from Genk, but I don't. That's going a bit quieter. And with the number of wingers we've got, you'd think we're only signing a winger if one goes. Uh, the Amiri deal is still. It's on again. It's off again. It's on again. It's off again. There is some football reasons, but it sounds like the main thing is his missus is pregnant. He doesn't know whether he wants to move country and stuff, Yeah, which is fair enough. But we've talked about them a bit the last podcast. We'll talk. We didn't actually talk about him last time, even though it's been going on so much. The Glen Kamara thing came back again. Uh, this time, like Fabrizio Romano saying, all the terms are agreed and everything. It's just a matter of it happening. Which makes me wonder if we're holding off on that because there's others that we like more. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, there's there's all this talk, like we said, of Amiri and Lewis O'Brien and various others. It it does make you wonder. Um, I know it sounds like a bit of a cliche again, uh, but are we going to go out and spend the best? Is it five, six million pound? Is it roughly that I've heard? Yeah, for I, I believe I believe five was the figure being bandied about. So, are we going to go out and sign some £5 million who with best in the world playing at SPL? Or are we going to go and try all out and get an Amir who's playing in Bundesliga and is a German international? And, you know, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, there's an interesting one that broke today, and I am not going to pretend to have seen him play more than, like, three games. In fact, two, because I don't think I watched the third Japan game at the World Cup. Um, but uh, Ayo Tanaka, uh, the centre mid for Fortuna Dusseldorf, 24 years old. Um, there's a story going around that we are in for him. It's in build. 
uh, like two and a half to three million. Uh, he was in that Japan team that did so well at the World Cup. Start of the games, he was the one that scored the winner against Spain. Um, I mean, it, it, in that game, I know he got man of the match and I remember him playing well. But that is my entire knowledge on the subject. People who do watch, you know, proper football nerds who watch the Zweite Bundesliga have said, that money, that's a really good signing. And one of the things with him that I think makes Tanaka make a bit of sense, if he's coming from the Zweite Bundesliga for two and a half to three million, he won't be such mega money that he needs to start every game. And we probably, if we are going to blow Darcy Gray, someone who would play some of the games and be on the bench some of the other games kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think I think um, ideally you you probably want Archie Gray to be maybe playing like two out of every three, you know, over the course of a season. So you might have a run where you play four or five games and then maybe miss a couple. But um, you know, again, like you, I can't claim to to know a whole lot. Um, but you know, again, Japan have, have been a, a decent team for for a few years now, um, and, and they've been producing quite good, you know, quite good players over the last sort of ten years. I'd probably say, um, you know, and, and obviously we've had fantastic su- success with uh, our brief uh, dalliances with with Japanese uh, midfielders. But um, Yosuke yeah, Iguchi, well, well, brilliant. Yosuke Deguchi aside. Um, is you know for that sort of money, you know, even in the championship, you'd have to think it's probably worth a punt. Yeah. yeah, it would be interesting to see if it happens. But then there's two other links that are both ones that I am far more excited about. Uh, Jed Spence. Um, so it sounds like us and about three other teams have all tried to get him on a season-long loan. Um, I know that a left back is more needed than a right back. But I can't think of an attainable right-back who suits the way Daniel Farker wants the right-back to play more than him. High, wide, get forward a lot. Engine, run right foot, get up and down. He he really would suit perfectly. Yeah, if we could get that one over the line, that would be brilliant. Um, it's, it's been on people's radar now, and if... Uh, at least a season, season and a half. And uh, once Spurs bought him and didn't start playing him, I yeah. think everyone who was lower down went, "Oh, he could be available." Yeah, and it's like you say. I think um, other than Max Evans, um, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's your man who's gonna do what Fark wants wants a wants a fullback to do. Um, yeah, if we could get that one done, that'd be. Yeah, I think again that would be a statement as well from us if we could pull that one off. Yeah, as a sort of barometer of where excitement levels are for Jed Spence, people who I, I've had messages from like p- people that don't message me about Leeds all the time, but they've messaged me going, Is this Jed Spence thing right? <laughs> because they're like, <laughs> they're like oh, it's, it, does it seem like it's from somewhere reliable? Because even they're like, Yeah, this seems like it makes all the sense in the world. Um, and, and then the other one which broke sort of as KC was driving us back up from London um, Luke Thomas from Leicester for left back um, a player that I wanted us to sign when we were in the Premier League and thought that we'd be paying a shitload of money for if we did 
But since Enzo Maresca took over at Leicester, they've been playing that uh, Callum Doyle at left back because they've been sort of inverting into like a free, to, basically a Man City free to to free kind of shape where everything's narrow. So they don't really want a left back. What they want is a central player who drops into left back. So they've been playing Callum Doyle and he has been playing really well in that role. So with only a year left on his deal, it sounds like he might be available. Either permanent or for loan. I assume the loan would be he signs an extension to his contract and goes out on loan. Or maybe there is a deal there to be done. And I would love us to get him because I think he's a, you know, a really good young English left-back and there aren't many of them about. And when he play, he's played, what, 40 or 50 Premier League games for him and look, looked good doing so. Yeah, if he's um, if he's not going to fit their system and um, he's available, then yeah, like you said, um, if if we'd have signed him and would have still have been back in Premier League, I'd have been happy enough with it. But in this league, it, yeah, definitely. Um, that's the first I've heard of that one. I'll be honest with you. Um, it sort of it broke a little bit. It was at the Leicester end that stuff started coming out. Um, and that, like the first thing I saw was because I've done a few talk sport things. There's a guy there, Jason Bourne, who's uh covers Leicester a little bit and he's like head of sports news or something. And I saw him tweeting out about it saying it looks like this is going. And he was saying that he'd heard a whisper that basically because James Madison and Daniel Farker are mates. James Madison is the one who sort of said to Farker, "Hey, he's—I've heard he might be available. Right? Maybe he now. I don't know how right that is, but that was where it started. But since then, uh, the Daily Mail ran a piece on it, sort of independently. Phil Hay has has started talking about it as well. So I don't know if it's going to happen, but it sounds like there's something to it. I—I mm. I, I would be very happy if if something can be done with this one one we are obviously crying out for a left back but um always easy to get a bit excited a bit more excited about uh you know young english players especially he's you know he's fresh off winning the the 21s european championship as well at the ripe old age of 23. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah um but now like you know I, I know it's kind of becoming the the fashionable thing for for clubs to go to this uh inverting full back and and like you say playing with the you, you back three and then sort of two holding mids almost while the, the other five press higher up but um you know if, if you are gonna play with with attacking fullbacks uh, he is an ideal option for us he's again he's absolutely got the legs for it um likes to get forward can can link up well with a winger or get across in um and yeah, it just I think like like you say, I think he would suit our style absolutely perfectly. And I think it'd give us the option if we played a team where the left back was a lot better than the right back, to instead of being high and wide right back, go high and wide on the left side and hmm. tuck in that side. If you've got a more higher quality left back that's an actual an actual left back, this you can it gives you a little bit more tactical flexibility. I'll just be happy for us to have a decent left back, to be honest. <laughs> if, 
you know, from, from a club that's famously had shite left backs for ma the majority of the fucking existence, you know. So, yeah, it'd be nice. Oh, th this this is all a theory, essentially, because once he gets here, none of this will happen. It will it will all go terribly, yeah. and he'll we'll just... pull off the, we'll pull off the signing, and he'll become rubbish. He, he, <laughs> he will become Dan Harding. Uh... Wow! Whoa! <laughs> um. So again. If out of everyone there that's linked, including the ones we barely talked about, like pencil and stuff, if you could only have one, mine would be. Oh, God, guess it. For me, it's got to be Luke Thomas. Yeah. Um, as as much as I like Jed Spencer, and, and and again, like you say, he fits the profile perfectly. Um, we have the options there at right back at the moment, whereas you know we. I know through injuries and performance, but we went through three right-footed players at left back in one game. Yeah, yeah. Let, um, let's let, let's get a left back. Yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with Kirsty on this one. Um, not yeah, against I think unanimous. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, like Kirsty says, we've got the numbers at right back. Just. Yeah, if it weren't for that, I'd be saying Spence as well. But nah, Luke Thomas, definitely. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing that we need most. Um, but I, if I was if I was betting right now, I think it will be that Leeds try and get two fullbacks in the centre mid, and Drama goes. And if Drama doesn't go, it's probably one fullback, whether that's right or left, because Farker does like the. It seems to not mind a right footed left back at all. I think if Drama goes, we'll get two fullbacks in the centre mid, and if he doesn't, we'll get one fullback in the centre mid. Yeah. Um. So all that's left to talk about briefly, and we don't. We let's like, right. None of us know anything about Salford. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That hotbed of football in talent there in Salford. It's where Man United play. Let's not forget this. Yeah. We. Uh, um, well, yeah. obviously, obviously there are um, there are there's, connections. There yeah, are there's bleeds in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Salford tomorrow night, 8 pm, live on Sky Sports, which makes things easier. We'll talk about the most likely to affect the game leads connection last. So we'll start with Luke Garbert at left back. Um left when it left before he started playing, wandered off to Everton, just didn't work out. Was there for like 10 years and played about four games. Very famous clip of Carlo Ancelotti being asked about him. Go, Luke Garbett has left, has looked like leaving the club, and he said, Who? So that was a weird one. Um, that's got to be soul destroying. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just happened this week, didn't it? With uh, Malang Sar and yeah. Pochettino being asked about him, and he didn't know who he was. A, a lot easier to take on the chin when you're on Malang Sar's reported wages. <laughs> <laughs> Begs the question um, where has he been? <laughs> um, Alex Cairns in goals who has been a very solid keeper at like League One level for years now he's been a good goalkeeper for a while uh, glad to see him do well He, I mean he, the only game he ever played was when he replaced Rehubka wasn't he and a fine performance it was as well following yeah. on the uh, the trail of performances uh, <laughs> from that Rehubka had had put in prior to that setting fire to every goal he stood in basically. Yeah. Um 
it's it's a good job in that team. We were, we were all right going forward because there was a there was a lot of trouble there. But no, Alex Cairns has has, has built himself a nice little reputation. And every time he comes up, I'll always mention when he started getting. Um, I think he pulled off like a fantastic triple save, didn't he? That that went round everywhere, and I think even David de Gea like was tweeting saying that's brilliant. Which is one of the best bits of goalkeeping you'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, good. You know, good. Good for him as well because he's uh, he's got a bit of a story, hasn't he? As well with his, with his, his, brother, his yeah, with his brother. brother. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm quite glad because obviously you see a lot of players that you know play at, at 18, 19 and can and can drop out of football altogether. So I'm glad he's he's fed himself a nice little nest in in sort of that level. Yeah, looking at their results, it's been a bit mixed. But other than the game where they got a man sent off, they are scoring plenty of goals. And I'm choosing to believe that the reason for that is big Matt Smith up top. Um, University graduate, big Matt Smith. You would think that if the um, the narrative is to believe, it's to be believed, Matt Smith scoring in this game. Uh, <laughs> they've also got, um, I mean, it is actually a decent front, front players because we've got Conor McElhaney as well, and he's a decent player. And I don't really know much about Callum Hendry, but he seems to have scored a fair few goals. Yeah, Matt, Matt Smith does kind of bother me. As stupid as this sounds, it, it, it does bother me. Not it, stupid at all. Remember when we were talking about Birmingham and we talked about the type of striker that always scares Leeds? <laughs> Matt Smith is that type of striker. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you just if they're going to start firing balls into into our area, you given how ropey our defence is, yeah, it, it does, and it is like you say. It's, it's, Nailed on, he's going to score, isn't it? Yeah. He's going to lift up a T-shirt uh, with a, a message in Italian, finally firing back at Cellino yeah. <laughs> for all these years. Yeah, um, yeah just be purple number 17. <laughs> yeah. um, on, on his back is a picture of Paddy Kenny. <laughs> now, um, yeah, having a brief glance, they sometimes play 4 2 3 1 and they've played a 3 4 3 as well. Maybe they'll go. Like, when they played Tranmere, it was a. They went with a 3 because they had like quite an attacking front 3. So I wonder if they'll do it again against us. Because even if we rotate, we'll have that sort of shape with a lot of players going forward. So maybe they will. Um, I suppose the other question is how. How strong a team do you think we'll pick? Because he rotated a decent amount in the first round, didn't he? I'd, I'd probably do similar again, depending on availability for injuries and what have you. Um, I'd be quite happy to see a quite heavily rotated squad to best that we can, obviously. But um, at this stage, especially, the, I stand by it. Uh, with bigger fish to fry. If yeah. if a rotated squad gets through, brilliant. Happy days. If not, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested. To, I'd, I'd, I think we'll see six or seven changes to, to the team, to be honest, because I think we do have enough depth to, to start making a few of those changes. Um, whether or not you, you want to use this as a game... To, to push anyone so um obviously Somerville was on the bench whether that is worth giving him the first 45 mm. um to get him a bit of game time under his belt 
Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll make the changes. And I'd, I'd like to think we can still put out a team that that will be strong enough. But you, you know, there were there were issues against Shrewsbury when we did make those changes. Yeah, like you'd you'd assume Darlow's in goal instead of Melier. Um, if if we are not planning on immediately selling Cody Drama, this is the game to play him at right back. Yeah. If we're not selling him, because I know we just had a stinker, but like. If he's, if the plan is to keep him, play him and see if we can get some confidence into him. Cresswell probably starts. Um, and then whichever, maybe with whichever one of Rodden and Strauch is less knackered. Yeah. Because uh, Cooper's me, still injured. To me, I'd put Strauch in, to be honest. I so. yeah. We're short on left-backs and Shackleton might need to play centre-mid for this, so probably Yelder. Yeah. Um, who I must admit, it doesn't say much for the Farkas opinion of Yelda that he didn't get on at left back in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he'd probably come in. Ampadu has played every game as as Gray. Yeah, I'd be quite happy to see that rotate. I'd, I'd I'd, I'd, I definitely wouldn't play Archie Gray. I'd just have him on the bench. Yeah. And if we can not play Ampadu, I'd probably all out with that. But if we do, I'd like him to not play more than an hour. Yeah, uh, I'd like I'd like to see like JB and like I said Shackleton mm. possibly in there. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Bait as well, but basically just like Gray, definitely you don't want to push him too hard. No. Pervada being out's a shame. I agree. I think Somerville will start because he didn't play, so he should have. It should be good to get some minutes in his legs. Yeah. Uh, Joffy will probably play. Sam Greenwood should probably get. Yeah, yeah, give him a run out. Yeah. And then I'd, I think I'd, I'd probably have Piro on the bench for this one, but I think I would start Rutter still because he's I, just getting, he's just getting some confidence. I'd like him to keep it going. Yeah, I would at the minute. Um, yeah, totally agree with you. If he's got his goal now and he, he looks like the confidence is coming with him, it. I mean, we don't know obviously because we've. Not seeing him on a good streak yet, really, off with. But um, if he is that sort of player when he's playing well, let's keep him in team. You know, there's no reason why he can't play that Ipswich game and then play against Salford. There's no reason to lead you to believe that he can't. You know, it's not like he's been, I know he had that knock at start season, but for the main, he should be more than capable of playing both these games. Uh, so, last thing, um, predictions. Uh, Casey carried on his lead because he... Uh, basically, everyone had a win at Ipswich except for me, who was negative, so I am now last. Uh, <laughs> Alex has already sent his in for the Salford game. He's got us winning 2-0. I've got us winning 2-1. Uh, I'm going to have us to win 3-0. 3 no win. And I'm going to say that we win 3-1. One, so you've got to have the one because we've all just said. I mean, Matt Smith is gonna score, yeah, right, it's nailed on. Um, so yeah, that I will just because we are that near the end of the transfer window and things keep breaking quickly, I will just quickly look at Phil Hayes' Twitter before I do anything. Yep, nothing extra, cool, good to go. So yeah, that 
we will have that will do us because uh, we've all been rushing about a bit and we actually have like families to see and things like that. So um, that will do us for episode 229 at Mighty White's podcast. I'm, I mean, the games of the weekend, we play Tuesday. It'll pro- be around Thursday, I guess. But truth be told, my work shifts are shit this week. So it might end up being a weird one where like just me and Casey have to do it at midday on a weekday. Or- well, if it's well, yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, it's the it's the US Open at work, so I'm working till like two in the morning and shit. It's no good this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that will do us for episode 229. I've been Jack. See you. I'm in KC, and I'm very tired. And I've been Connor. See you all soon. <laughs>